This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Do 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 I'm on your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Jimmy, welcome back. Thank you. I am. Uh, I feel good. <laughs> there was a lot of congratulations out there for your wedding. Yes. A lot of surprise oh, as well. So congratulations. I, yeah, I appreciate everyone out there. Uh, I appreciate all of you. As always, uh, it's been a nice, you know, it's been great. I feel like we've grown with our audience for so long that they just know all about us. They probably know your dog's name. They probably know my dog's name. They probably know everything about us. Uh, and they definitely know a lot about how we think about Commander. Yeah, for sure. But they're going to know more after today. Yes, that's right. Uh, you we, know, this is an interesting episode. I can't. You thought of it, and I was like, "Man, I can't believe we haven't done this before." Yeah, and we've talked about this thing, this card type, this effect for many, many years now—five plus years. It's time to take a deeper dive and look into the art of the board wipe, the wipeout. Um, how many that you want to include into your decks, which we always talk about in our stats episodes. But you know, we'll also talk about how they're different across the colors, what colors are better at doing what, and also how to make sure you're on the winning side of a board wipe in your next commander battle. Yeah, there are so many different kinds of wraths, and I think we've never really delved into why you choose certain ones over other ones, mm-hmm. which ones are you know the best with your strategy, when to play them, why. So they are the one of the, the pillars of the format, though. We always talk about ramp, card draw, single target removal, board wipes, and yet we've never done in a whole episode about board wipes. So there's going to be a lot to go over here. But before we get into it, if you want to... Ch- get a hold of these awesome board wipes that we're about to talk about. Or right. if you want to just order cards for your deck. Oh, Josh, you've been holding on that package for a while, haven't you? Yeah, so cardkingdom.com slash command zone. This is a package I just got in the mail from Card Kingdom. So you know that Jimmy and I actually use the service because Card Kingdom gets you <laughs> your stuff super fast and I'm building a new deck. So Ooh, I thought I'd open this on the show. Okay, cool. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the affiliate link you have to use if you want to support our show and they ship your stuff to you. Plus look, Josh, you just got a free little deck box, didn't you? Yeah, I got a little deck box. <laughs> I got a warrior token. Check Ooh, this out. Very nice. Wait, let's just show. I'm excited warrior to see token. what cards you got. Though. Okay, well, I'm going to show you a couple cards and let's see if you could guess what deck it's for. Okay. Okay, right. ready? Ready, 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 ready. All right, I got... Chain of Vapor. That's Chain not going to help you. Okay, nope. Sorry. <laughs> oh, here we go. This this might help you. It's okay. um, I got Enervate. Enervate? And Infuse. Oh, so these are, okay. Th- They're all blue, aren't they? Yeah. This is an instant one taps um, a creature, tar- uh, artifact creature or land. The other is an instant that untaps a creature, artifact or land, and they both draw you a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. So they like to target things. I yeah. Think. So well, what deck do you think it is for? I don't know. I'm 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 trying to see my way into it. I think I'm seeing a lot of things. It sounds like it's an Orvar deck. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> that is a very powerful brew. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Um, good job. Yeah, you'll be the next villain at the table. I'll need, yeah, I'll need to save a board wipe for you. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been goldfishing a little online. 
it might be a little stronger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Once it gets going, it seems like that thing is just going to, it just blows out of control. I mean, it has some nuts like turns, th- turn threes. Like it's, it's Whoa. a little, yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. Fun Maybe you'll times. see it on extra turns at some point. Yeah. And make sure you go to cardcame.com slash command zone. If you want to build an Orvar deck, if you want to beat Josh's Orvar deck, or if you want to build a deck with the How board wipes you. we're going to talk about recently <laughs> in this episode. You need board wipes against this deck. That's you true. You do. You also need protection, right? And oh, that protection true. comes in the form of Ultra Pro or other sponsor for the show. Again, a, a product that Josh and I have trusted ourselves for many years i was just leaving up a bunch of stuff today in their new sort of gloss eclipse sleeves and the foils look great in them i know they're protected and you know i need to store cards in a way that i'm going to make sure that they stay pristine condition especially because i love collecting foils so packing them in tight to those uh sticking them into a box i know they're safe and i know they're protected yeah and in fact i'm i've got some uh, ultra pro pro gloss eclipse sleeves in my office i am mm-hmm. ready to sleeve up this orvar deck i got a satin tower picked out a mono blue one like I, you, you got to have all this stuff set up for it right so yeah, yeah 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 so ultra pro definitely the way to go the ones jimmy and i trust and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone all kinds of cool perks for patrons in yeah. fact one of the coolest ones uh, if you're listening to this today, that means if you're a patron tomorrow, you could get to watch the Time Spiral remastered Game Nights episode Game Night. earlier than everybody else. Because for everybody else, it comes out on Wednesday. That's yeah. if you're watching this episode the day it comes out, which of course you are, right? Because you're a fan of the show and you always watch it as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, patrons also get a lot of other perks. Watch extra turns earlier than everybody else. Talk with Jimmy and I on our Discord each, each and every day. We're on there answering questions, chatting with people. So patreon.com slash command zone is a way to go. And in fact, there's even one additional perk, which is that we choose one patron at random every single episode and dedicate that episode to them. This yeah, episode is dedicated, dedicated to... to- Brandon Swiss. Brandon, you rock. Very nice. All right, let's get right into it. The art of the board wipe, how the board wipe, what what is a board wipe? So let's start with the basics of that question. So a lot of you will know this, but the board wipe, also known as a wrath effect in Commander, is any card effect trigger that has the potential to remove multiple cards from the battlefield simultaneously. Now, this is a bit of a broader description uh, because typically when we think of board wipes, we just think of individual cards. But this effect typically happens when the card itself resolves or the effect or the trigger. But it can also be an ongoing effect or like a chain reaction effect, like Massacre Girl can come down and then you'll see 50 triggers on a stack and then everything's dead at the end of it. Or yeah, I count Massacre Girl for sure as a board yeah. wipe because the outcome is that master almost always master girl comes down there's no more other creatures left <laughs> yeah it just needs one thing to start the chain um same with things like dictate of erebos mm. where one creature gets sacrificed or you are the person with the dictate and a sack outlet and so you're just able to get that going and everyone just starts getting rid of their creatures um, yeah they, considering that you built your deck correctly to have dictate yeah. of erebos in the deck it often does function as a board wipe um, and you're not necessarily either sending cards to the graveyard either to count as a board wipe. So mass bounce, cyclonic rift, mass flicker, mass exile—they all count in this category. Terminus, terminus, mass put on the bottom of your library. Yeah, we don't see that effect too often these days. Yeah, I would say a lot of board wipes, not all, um, but but most will say the word all on them. So. Yep. Destroy all enchantments. Destroy all creatures. Yep. Yep. And we're used to creatures being the the typical, right? Wrath comes from the card Wrath of God, which is about creatures. Um, and to make the obvious comparison, the board wipe, you're wiping the board. You know, like you took a towel and you wipe down the surface. And you've Clean got... that right off. Yeah, you're cleaning it up. You're clearing stuff out, a lot of things at once. And, you know, some towels or some board wipes are better at picking up liquids. Maybe some of them are better at crumbs. Some of them are kind of crappy, you know, in those commercials when they always show the two, like, things wiping at the same right, time. Right, and one of them... Right doesn't pick them all up right you want so, the bounty and not the yeah. <laughs> normal 
whole brand. Yeah, that's what I've learned. Yeah, that's not who this podcast is brought to you by. Not today, sponsored. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all know that Bounty clearly is the best, I guess. Um, yeah. So you know, board wipes come in all shapes and sizes, all different types. And so that's the next thing we're going to break down here, which is how are you going to describe a board wipe? Because we just talked about a bunch of them, but they're all very different than each other. Yeah. So let's talk about what are the different types of board wipes. You know, when we when we started thinking about this episode, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, of course there are different types of board wipes, but I never really thought oh, about yeah. it in these terms before. Yeah. It's interesting because like when people describe board wipes or talk about them, it generally just is a very blank term. You know, and it, and it makes sense, like, that's a board wipe. But there are a lot of nuances to how board wipes work. So two of the ways to sort of, like, break it down into two main categories is unconditional and conditional board wipes. So an unconditional board wipe, and again, there's always going to be exceptions. This is magic. We have 25-plus years of cards to, to talk about here. An unconditional board wipe is you're getting rid of all of a certain thing with no other work required from the card or the effect itself than just casting it or having the trigger happen. So, like, getting rid of all creatures with wrath of god or damnation or getting rid of all non-land permanents uh or using a card like perilous fault to exile all of this stuff right it doesn't have anything else attached to it it's unconditional when the thing happens it happens yeah i like perilous vault as an example here because perilous vault has sort of two steps because it comes in and then you got to pay more mana and, and and activate it but at the same time like perilous vault doesn't need help from something else to pull off its plan right yeah exactly you don't need to dictate of Erebos now that's uh, we're counting it sort of as a board wipe but it doesn't actually board wipe by itself it needs other things going on so the fact that these cards just like hey you play the card boom it did the thing bounty hooray the quicker picker upper is that the same <laughs> motto that's bounty i feel like that's the quicker picker upper i think that's somebody else's whatever Someone... we're not sponsored by any of these companies we can no. talk about <laughs> but i do look forward to the altar that is the bounty thing and they just rename it quicker picker upper um who's the mr clean mr clean but that's a that's not even paper towels that's like a that's like baking like soda. like a spray or something, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You Josh, can tell Jimmy and I don't we clean We don't clean at all. <laughs> We're just sitting here talking about these products <laughs> like we know what they are, but we clearly don't use them that often. Okay. I know okay. the sponges, though. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, moving so, on. What okay. is a conditional board wipe? So just like we talked about Dictative Erebos, if the conditional board wipe means that if a condition is met, then things will get destroyed, exiled, get rid of whatever. So conditions can be based off of a lot of different things. It can be based off the color of the card, the power and toughness of it, the creature type, the ability who owns it um retribution of the meek is one that we've talked about a lot in the show and that cares about the uh the if it's power four you know yeah, or how greater. big the creatures are will only kill the big ones austere command is kind of similar yeah it's choose but either way yep yep, yep. Windstorm cares about creatures with flying. Ether Spouts cares about attacking creatures. Nev's Disc, right? You might think that's unconditional, but it actually does kind of care about what specific things. So that one actually, you could say, fits into a little bit of both because it does get rid of everything when it happens, but it is specifically targeting certain things. That's why Super Friends decks will count that as a conditional board wipe for them. Well, I would I would say that Nev's Disc is not is unconditional, but but it actually uh, in our next two categories is where it fits. So right, right, yeah, yeah. So so. But I think of something like Azuri's Predation as conditional, right? Yes, very so, much so. Yeah, it's a board wipe, but it won't kill the really big stuff because it creates four fours that fight stuff. And so if people have five fives, then that, that stuff doesn't die. Yeah. So it's kind of like Retribution of the Meek in that way. I think also like um, Pernicious Deed is another one that's conditional. Is that conditional or unconditional? What would you it, count that? Hmm, I think it's conditional because you have to pay a certain amount of mana into it. Uh, but you have to pay it, pay it into Perilous Vaults and Nev's Disc. It might be um, the, also in the next category. It might be in the, uh, well, we're, we're teasing it here. But the next two, so there's basically four ways to split up. Conditional, unconditional, and then 
symmetrical and asymmetrical. Yeah. And so let's talk uh, as about- you can tell, Josh and I are still kind of debating like, wait, is it one or the other? Because there is a lot of nuance in terms of how you specifically define it. So, you know, up to you, I guess, in a lot of ways. So the next two ways to sort of see bore wipes under the lens of is symmetrical and asymmetrical. So symmetrical means everything is affected symmetrically. If something happens on my side of the board, it's also going to happen on your side of the board. So destroy all creatures is a symmetrical board wipe because it's all creatures, doesn't care about one board or the other. It's just targeting everything at once. Exile on non-land permanents, destroy all enchantments. Whereas asymmetrical means that it affects players differently. Usually, almost always, this means that it only affects your opponents and not yourself. So something like Cyclonic Rift bounces your opponent's non-land permanents doesn't touch your board so that is asymmetrical uh vandal blast is another one in garrick's mm-hmm. wake yeah uh, creatures you don't about. control right yeah so i now that we've sort of said what symmetrical asymmetrical is i think pernicious uh deeds is um it's an asymmetrical conditional board wipe i think right? it's a symmetrical condition because symmetrical oh, right, you're right, you're right. It's sorry, sy- symmetrical unconditional right like there you go yeah. it will get rid of everything for you and everybody else but you can still play with the numbers to make it so that that's the thing you can make it a little asymmetrical, but mm-hmm. in its nature, it is symmetrical. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of makes sense because I think the power of asymmetrical, right? You can't, it's nothing's purely exact here because based on what the board state looks mm-hmm. like, a board wipe that is typically unconditional and symmetrical may be very asymmetrical. Uh, for instance, destroy all non-token creatures. That is a unconditional, everything is getting blown up that, that's non-token. But if you're a full-on token deck, then it's going to look like an asymmetrical board wipe. If you're Even playing, though it's technically symmetrical, but right. yeah. And, and I think finding the asymmetricality, Ooh. I just made up that word. It's a um, lot of letters. In the some otherwise symmetrical board, board wipes is one of the keys to using board wipes well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finding, okay, well, I have a lot of high CMC stuff, so, uh, yeah. y- you know, this... I want to play Retribution of the Meek, yeah. so I, I target smaller things instead. Exactly. Yeah, I think there is a world where there are guaranteed asymmetrical board wipes, and they're very powerful as a result. So, in Garrick's Wake, doesn't require you to set up your board in a way to use the board wipe to your advantage. It just says destroy the other creatures that aren't yours. And same goes, goes again for, obviously, Vandal Blast and why Cyclonic Rift is just such a good card. You just need to put mana into it, and it is asymmetrical and unconditional you can't actually make those effects symmetrical if you wanted to yeah that's a good point yeah whereas the other stuff you probably could the destroy all non-tokens well if you didn't have any tokens that's going to be symmetrical Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so now that we sort of have that lingo out of the way, and again, it's a little bit loose because in the game of Magic, especially with four players, so many circumstances can change the effectiveness of a board wipe and what it looks like at the other end of it. Let's talk about how board wipes work in Magic's colors uh, because every single color can do something different, and this is sort of going into the color pie and what Wizards wants to do with that design. Um, But let's start just by going in Wooburg order because I think it is appropriate that we start with white, which is one of the prototypical. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the best board wipe color. Is that true? I feel like it's true. I think so as well. Uh, Maybe not in terms of asymmetricality because blue has cyclonic rift and that almost single-handedly makes... Blue the best. (laughs) The blue, yeah. (laughs) Which is... But I mean, yeah, as far as like... Uh, variety of types of effects and mm-hmm. just the sh- sheer number of cards that white has that are board wipes. I think it's yeah. it probably beats most of the other colors. I'd say black is probably second. Anyway, let's walk through it and see if we agree with that by the end here. Okay, so I think white's tagline is we can blow everything up. Yeah, because they have um, destroy all non-land permanents, like planar outbursts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, boom. Planar cleansing. Planar cleansing. Yeah. 
Um, so I think like White's defending characteristics, it's been around since Alpha, right? That's when Wrath of God was printed, and it's been in so many sets since. And as a result, I think White's actually just been given the most time to evolve with board wipes as well, because those other colors didn't really have it. I think over time, like we talk about with the colors all the time, they're going to sort of go up and down in the power rankings. But White's got the most options. So their unconditional board wipes would be Wrath of God, Fumigate, Catastrophe, mm. Armageddon. Uh-oh, yeah. we're getting rid of the lands now. And then yeah, they, have they a, really can get rid of everything. They could still, they could also get rid of lands. Yeah, yeah. They just can't get rid of their own card draw problems. <laughs> they even have destroy all enchantment effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then their conditional board wipes are like fell the mighty or Elspeth's son's champion, which is a board wipe on a on a planeswalker, which is so powerful. Tragic arrogance, which we love on this show as well, because yep. it's just got so much power there. Mass calcify non white creatures. And then the white-specific ones like we talked about. White has the ability to get rid of non-land permanents, and that's huge. Planar Cleansing, Soul Scour, Acromus Vengeance. And then they can also do this thing where they can exile stuff or put it in other places. So Terminus, I don't think any color has the ability to do what white can do in terms of tucking everything on the bottom of your library. Often more powerful than even exile. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it's equal to exile. But in the old days, it used to be more powerful than exile to put their commander Right. Uh, on the bottom of their library. But but definitely better than destroy most of the time because a lot of people play around with their graveyard. And if you're just like, hey, no, all the creatures are back in the library, it can be a lot harder for the black and green decks to recover from that than if you just destroyed everything. Yeah. Um, and then white also has the ability to exile everything with like sudden disappearance, which is a five and a white sorcery to exile all non-land permanents target player controls. And so this is like... It gets rid of their whole board at once and then it comes back during the beginning of the next end step, which is like, again, only white can really do that to that degree. Typically yeah, they've got like Settle the stuff. Wreckage too, which oh, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. exile all the attacking creatures. Um, so yeah, white definitely can exile your stuff, can tuck your stuff, can destroy your stuff. The only thing they really can't do is bounce all of everybody's stuff, right? I don't think they have an effect that does that. Yeah, they don't really care about bouncing. They'd rather blow stuff up. And also white is not great, I think, at giving instant speed to their abilities. Most of the time, these are sorcery speed board yeah. wipes. There's a the, few like route and a yeah. couple others, but, but they're they, very expensive <laughs> mana wise. To get to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I just put Vidalcanori and everything turns into an instant speed board wipe. I like your thinking, Jimmy. All right, the next color up down the Wooburg line is blue. And I think their log line is like, why don't you just hold on to that instead? Why don't you put that back in your hand? Um, because blue is not great at blowing stuff up, but they're very good at making everyone pick up their cards. So like we said earlier, Cyclonic Rift, an unconditional board wipe that's asymmetrical. Evacuation and Devastation Tide, all things that are just like, pick them up, scoop them up, put it in your hand. Yeah, and it turns out that in Commander, um, returning everything to everybody's hand, and the fact that Blue can do this to all permanents, Mm -hmm. you know, Blue has a hard time dealing with like enchantments and things like that, but these bounce spells will often, or these mass bounce spells, uh, will often bounce that stuff. Yeah. Um, ends up being very, very powerful in a format just because in 1v1, it's less powerful. They get it back in their hand. They go. They redeploy. You really slowed them down more than like actually hurt them. Yeah. Whereas with so many players in a commander game, like the mana advantage you can get is like, hey, I play seven mana for Cyclonic Rift, but I bounce... 58 mana worth of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then I untap because I was at instant speed. Yeah, so so it ends up... Our format is really... Um, 
ends up being advantageous to bounce mass bounce maybe more than other formats so blue actually like you said cyclonic rift all by itself maybe keeps blue in the conversation for best board wipe color yeah and they still have a ton of other types of board wipes with ether spouts and inundate scourge of fleets these are all things that just really mess up the board state quite a bit whelming wave is a really good one yeah and technically and, conditional but nobody's got uh, sea creatures so it's it tends to be unconditional yeah maybe like one the changeling deck laughs yeah but, but everyone else is like darn um and then blue also has some really powerful abilities like river's rebuke is similar to uh, sudden disappearance in that it is a targeted one person cyclonic rift uh so brutal it, it is brutal and then they and for some odd reason blue of course can exile a bunch of creatures with curse of the swine or put cards in other places with ether spouts so blue really does have a yeah, lot Ix- of flexibility yeah ixadron 2 is another one that's sort right. of board wipe right like it doesn't technically wipe everything curse of the swine is this way too where it's like okay sure they still have stuff afterwards, but their stuff is way worse than what they had before. It turns mm-hmm. everything into two twos or whatever. And so that kind of counts as a board wipe in our format because you're like, well, you could have all these really awesome things or you could have a bunch of two twos, but I have 40 life. So two twos aren't even that good. Yeah, exactly. And so I think like blue, it's up there in terms of, is it the most powerful board wipe color? Probably not because it is very conditional that it, it can only go most for the most part, right? It's bouncing to hands and it's not getting rid of stuff. But as we've seen in Commander, sometimes just doing that is is just as valuable um, because if white's only destroying creatures, but blue's bouncing your enchantments, artifacts, planeswalkers, and everything else to your hand, then whoo boy. Yeah, I would actually put blue up there as possibly the most powerful because how many board wipes do we say that you are going to play in every one of your decks? We have gotten that number two, three to four now. Okay, so does it matter what your fifth, sixth, and seventh best board wipe is in a color? Mm, that's a good point. So Probably if your not. top three or top two are just better than everybody else's top two, you might just be the best board wipe color in Commander because we don't need to go that deep most of right. the time. Certain decks, of course, will want more board wipes than others. But in general, like having a lot of board wipes is maybe not as good for a color's... Um, you know, winning the Oscar for the best board wipe chances as just having two or three really, really good ones. Yeah, and the only argument against that is that are there enough, like, weird corner case scenario board wipe is your color so flexible that you have all these different kinds of board wipes because you have a specific strategy that's going to benefit from them. Uh, but typically, once you start adding in more colors, that argument just goes out the window because true. the if moment you, you use the best two for yeah. the first <laughs> color and the best two for the second one, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next up, we have black. Uh, and black is interesting. Like uh, Josh and I said earlier, it may be, again, the, the most powerful because black likes to shrink and destroy. So unconditionally, they've got damnation and they've got the shrinking spells like Toxic Deluge, Black Sun Zenith, and... Those oftentimes, yeah, shrink, just take them out to zero and beyond. I've literally never seen those used except to kill everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> toxic Delu- technically, toxic, toxic Deluge can shrink stuff, but it, every time you see a plate, it's just like, what's the biggest thing? All right, I'll pay that much life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a way to get around so many other things that indestructible, hexproof, I mean, not hexproof, mm. Borewipes typically get around hexproof. Um, yeah, indestructible. Getting around indestructible is, uh, is quite a big deal. That's another thing we didn't mention for like the terminuses and the bounce effects yeah. that make them better. But like just straight destroy is often like people are prepared for that. Mm-hmm. They're going to give indestructible their thing. So yeah, being able to negative X, negative X is, you know, gets around it. Pretty good. And then they also have some interesting conditional board wipes like Crux of Fate. Even though that says destroy all non-dragon creatures, that could be, you know, very asymmetrical for you depending on what the board looks like. Uh, and then we talked about Consume the Meek. And again, like... Sure it's, it's all the it's, little stuff. It's hard because it's they are 
in ways unconditional, but they're also conditional. So the categories aren't perfect, as we'll say a few times on the show today. And then Black specifically loves the minus X minus X thing or X based stuff. So you've got all of these board wipes like Toxic Deluge uh, or Bane of the Living that make creatures get minus X minus X until end of turn, or it's like X based, like Death Cloud or Killing Wave. So Black likes that flexibility there. I think they that was one of the reasons they're so powerful at board wiping. They also have stuff like um, Pestilence. Which oh, uh, allows you to sort of continuously, quote unquote, wipe the board, mm-hmm. um, pay mana into it, hold it over everybody's head, which can be very, very powerful. Also deals damage, obviously, good yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, black is an interesting one. And in a lot of ways, I think if you if you go back to that argument about, hey, if your top two are really, really good, maybe you have uh, you can stake your claim to being the best board wipe color. And I think... You know, Black has Toxic Deluge, which really puts it in the conversation because it's three mana. Yeah, and your life total, right? It's really flexible with how, you know, you can make it very asymmetrical for yourself if you just keep your creatures alive because they're big enough. Yeah, and also because we start with 40 life in Commander, it just was sort of improperly balanced. I mean, not improperly, but like... Balanced for a different... Balanced for a different reason. Yeah, for a different thing. And so it, it sort of ports really well over into Commander. And so it's funny because white is like the board white color traditionally... But they don't have a lot of these advantages that blue has and black has with just a couple of their cards, which kind of puts them behind mm-hmm. um, in that Cyclonic Rift. It's just so good. It's better than anything that white's got. Toxic Deluge is probably better than any single white board wipe. Even though white's just got 50 different ones, Yep, uh, it doesn't really maybe make it the best board wipe color just because it doesn't actually have like one or two like amazing ones. Yeah. Yeah. And we maybe bury the lead a little bit here because our first three colors, white, blue, and black, I would say, and we'll learn very soon, are much, much stronger than the other two colors when it comes to board wiping. Yeah, but the other colors can maybe draw on some colorless stuff, some artifact-based stuff, kind of fill in the gaps and still hold their own in the board wipe category, or at least hit that three to four number and still have pretty good cards to play. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to talk about those, what those cards may be, how you can fill in those gaps in just a second. But first, let's take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. That's not Bounty. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We should have totally had just made a fake like paper towel commercial that played during the the break there. Yeah, and but it ends up just being a secret ultra pro commercial because <laughs> you spilled on your cards and you used a nice towel, but the cards are protected because they're in sleeves. It's pro gloss. There you go, That's pro the gloss. Go. Double sleeving, of course. <laughs> Imagine we made that commercial and it was awesome and Jordan wrote it and it was funny. Yeah, haha, wow, man. Those those <laughs> those that team is really pumping them out now. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next color here, which is red. And Red's board wipe tagline, I said, is, uh, did that hit you hard enough? Because mm, it's all damage-based, right? Yeah, for the most part. But Red does have some really mean, unconditional board wipes like Apocalypse, Devastation, and, you know, that's not great. People don't play those cards because they're too mean. So I don't even know if you really can count them in the discussion when it comes to Red's board wipes. I mean, they are board wipes, but, yeah, most people don't play them. I mean, yeah, yeah actually, like... Damage-based stuff is just towards the creatures. Red does have the artifact destruction uh, board wipes. So yes. Chatterstorm, Vandal Blast. Red is actually one of the great colors at getting rid of artifacts in general. So that's one of the areas that they they really um, have an advantage is being able to sort of get rid of the artifacts. And artifacts have become so important because of mana ramp yeah. uh, in the format that like an early game Vandal Blast is something that a lot of my decks are very scared of. You know, like oh, yeah. a turn four Vandal Blast can hose a lot of decks because by that time I've hopefully gotten like three or four artifacts on the table. And not only does it destroy those, but it also sets me back to only having three mana instead of five or six, you know? Yeah, and the person that casts it uh, overloaded it, so they're completely fine too. Yep. Um, but Red obviously has the damage-based board wipes. So Blasphemous Act, Chandra's Ignition, Ooh. Earthquake. Those are all really powerful cards, but they don't necessarily get rid of everything, especially if creatures have Indestructible or they just, you know, they have a way to not die because you can't do enough damage to them yeah if they're just big enough some of sometimes you can't uh, destroy them with your chandra's ignition or whatever yeah and i would say red's like specific things is that they do get the ability to blow up a little bit of everything they just you just don't see the effect very often so like jockle hops and decree of annihilation and bearer of the heavens there are ways that red can be the meanest board wipe color but because it's against sort of the social contract of edh it actually yeah, just makes red just become like, oh, we just do the damage-based board wipes instead. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because, yeah, all of Red's creature-based board wipes are basically, all of them are conditional in that, the yes, they're all damage-based, so you have to do enough damage to kill the things. Yeah, it's an unconditional amount of damage, but it's conditional depending on... Well, it's, it, actually... it's a symmetrical amount of damage, but, right, but right, it's a right. conditional because the condition has to be... It's not like, hey, it'll just get rid of everything. It's like, well, it'll get rid of everything if it's small. Mm -hmm. If you it can know. do enough damage to it, right? Yeah. So red, unfortunately, has that bit of a mark on it, which is like, every time I build a deck with red and green, like a, uh, I'm always just like, where are my board wipes? Because I'm not going to sit here and play Decree of Annihilation. Yeah. That's just well, rude. Well, I'm glad. That's nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I will agree to continue not to play that if you agree to continue not to play that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay. Cool, cool, Good cool, deal. cool. Uh, <laughs> but, but red is, yeah, I'd say red is firmly in fourth place as far as board wipes. Um, they also have Pyrohemia, which is like Pestilence, right? Which right. Which is pretty cool. Um but green is definitely the worst board wipe yeah. color, which totally makes sense because green is really good at every single other thing. So it's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no one's complaining here. Yeah. So uh, so what's the tagline? I like these taglines you came up with for you know, the 
it's their like board wipe department's motto. <laughs> yeah, for each they color. have it on the plaque above their their. Yeah, their, their you walk department. into Green headquarters and you take a right and then you go up to the third floor and you're in Green's board wipe department and yeah. on the door they have what? It's got to be tied to the whole nature thing. <laughs> 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 so green doesn't get rid of creatures they only get rid of flying creatures because it's you know green's the forest color i don't know Reach anti-flyer, all that stuff. Yeah. anti-flyer yeah bane of progress artifacts and enchantments because we don't like it's a it's literally the bane of progress green likes the natural development you know they don't like those artificial things um the great aurora oh boy uh yeah that one's all about like hey can you what happens when you just swipe it all up sweep it all up and then recreate you know based on the natural draw of your deck and stuff like Wave of Vitriol does the same thing. Sure. Yeah. They do have also like Calming Verse, mm-hmm. which is can be an asymmetrical board wipe. They can get rid of all enchantments, all artifacts. They even, they don't even have a ton of really good versions of that, but they can do it. Yeah. Uh, but getting rid of all creatures is something they just have a real problem with. They, they, yeah. Really, there's one card, right? Like, Yeah, Zuri's Predation, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's kind of the only... And it's conditional. Yeah, so as there's predation, you're making a bunch of four fours. They fight a bunch of stuff. It's great. It it feels really powerful. But there are times when you play this and you're not getting rid of the thing that's actually going to kill you, or yeah. making your life really hard at that point. Yeah, if you have a serious predation and you're behind in the game, but what you're behind is like they have there's three big things that are scary. There's like an Ulamog and a couple other big things. A serious predation doesn't do a lot in that instance. It gives you fodder to sacrifice to annihilator. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously it has other things going on that can make it good, but it's definitely super conditional. It's not that it's a bad card. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... But Green's just more worried about getting rid of artifacts and enchantments, and it, that makes it the most flavorful, I think, of all of the colors, but it also the, makes it the least flexible. Right. Um, so the Green-specific things that they do is just they like they like to do fight tactics with Azura's oh, Predation, yeah. say Tesson tactics. Like, that is just... Their ability is to have their creatures beat you in one-to-one combat, and that does feel pretty flavorful too. I, I feel like that's the direction they're going with green. And as far as like if you if we consider Dictative Erebos to be a board wipe in the right deck, then there are some fight type cards. Like every time you play a creature, it fights, or yeah. or something else that you have fights. Um, those are kind of recurrable that can sort of add up and become similar to a board wipe in certain situations. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's the direction they're going with green to give them sort of a better ability to deal with like being massively behind on board. Yeah, or, you know, we've seen with, like, Mask Vandal, they're just getting really good at single target removal for the artifacts and enchantments. In this case, now they're exiling them. So green is, I think, building strength in different ways. Yeah, and as we've talked about, like, single target removal is going up and our deck's board wipes are going a little down. So yeah. green's not really hurting here. They're, they're going in the direction of what deck building is going. So And they can do everything else. Yeah. So good job, green. Okay. All right, let's talk about multicolored um, board wipes. So black-white tends to be the best in this regard mm-hmm. they have merciless eviction which exiles and you yeah. get to choose the permanent type that you're exiling so you can make it asymmetrical um if you set your board up right they have stuff like kaya's wrath um so they're just it makes sense because they're two of the colors that have the most amount of board wipes so when they team up they're they're pretty good at it yeah and i would say like in multicolor, you can pretty much just take the strengths of the other board wipes and put them together like if you're going white blue you get a board wipe that is both unconditional and uncounterable. Supreme right? Verdict. Supreme Verdict. That's a great one. Um, and then you have a lot of conditional stuff as well, like Last One Standing. Uh, you have Nova Blast Worm, which triggers when it attacks. And then you have like Solar Blaze, which is Boros, and it deals damage to itself equal to its power for each creature. Oh, yeah. So, so they punch themselves. Yeah. So like when it comes to the multicolors, this is when you just don't have to worry about pretty much what we just talked about. As, as much. I mean, there's still like certain personalities to it. Like green and black tends to be the one where like you can choose a CMC based on how much mana you put in. Right. And destroy everything be- below that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I like that they give them all their own little personality, but in general, you're, it just takes the strengths of both, puts yeah. them in a pot. And that's why red-green is the worst board wipe two-color pairing, I'm pretty sure, because <laughs> they just, again, they don't have the best options out of everyone else. They're going to fight stuff, or they're going to do damage-based stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, though, we have artifact-based board wipes, and this, thank goodness, it just covers everything else. Because it is able to get rid of everything to the degree where I'd say artifact board wipes are as strong as white board wipes, pretty much. Yeah, um, I would agree. Because they have unconditional stuff like all is dust, which will just make everyone sacrifice their non-colorless permanence. Uh, boom pile, which is just a coin flip to be a board wipe. Nev's disc, perilous vault. These are all extremely powerful and catch-alls. Um, so if you're running a red or green deck and you need a board wipe thing, then you have access to it because they're in the artifact. Uh, colors by artifact color i mean they're, they're artifacts everyone can play them yeah yeah i mean it's just good to be able to and again you only need three to four in most decks so a couple artifacts and then you use the good ones from either red or green and you're there yeah um and then they've got ugin the spear dragon one of the most powerful board wipes in the game oblivion stone engineered explosives uh even course of portal which is a vote one oh, but yep. like Again, artifacts, and I think Wizards definitely has this, right? Like, they know that they can't mess with the colors too much, but they can definitely print really powerful effects at artifact so that every player has access to them. There's even, like, lands. What is it? Blast Zone? Yeah, Blast Zone, yeah. It's a a conditional one, but it still does cool stuff, yeah. And everyone can play it. Yeah, it goes in a lot of decks because a lot of times you just are like, yep, I'm going to push the button on that because I'm going to die otherwise. (laughs) Well, speaking of dying otherwise, let's talk about the strategy behind board wipes. And this will sort of take us through the rest of the episode. We've we've covered what the colors do. We've covered how you can describe board wipes with conditional, unconditional, symmetrical, asymmetrical. So let's talk about the actual strategy of playing it in the game of Commander. Mm -hmm. I thought the first question, and maybe this is the most important question, is, is it your job to board wipe is it your duty do you need to be board wiping in a game to win a game of commander um and i think this is like just something that most decks should ask themselves when they're building it in the same way that you know you talked about what's the log line of your deck what's the theme what's it trying to do i think you should also answer the question like how much do you as a deck want to board wipe slash need to board wipe um because certain strategies obviously just aren't as interested if you're playing a red white equipment deck you're probably not board wiping too often right yeah, token decks, any deck that tends to put out a lot of creatures specifically, because mm-hmm. um, most board wipes are going to be ba- creature-based, not all, mm-hmm. uh, aren't as, like, that's not part of their main plan, obviously. Like, they're like, well, I need to have creatures on the board. So symmetrical, especially board wipes, are not something that they want to do. Yeah. So, it doesn't mean you don't play the board wipes, right? It just means that your plan does not involve doing that to win. Yeah, so those might be the decks where you have two board wipes rather than four or very specific ones, like you're yeah. running Vandal Blast in your equipment deck, but you're not doing the Wrath of God effects as much. Yeah, I might have uh, a token deck or, or you know certain creature-based strategies where I don't have any cards that are destroy all creatures, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a couple of board wipes, but they're not really for that. And none that are all creatures. You know, maybe I'm running in Garrick's Wake in my token deck or something, and that's one of my board wipes, but it, it's asymmetrical. Because I, I can't really conceive of situations for certain decks where it, right. I'm really going to want to do destroy all creatures yeah um or 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 wipe the board because i need to commit to the board in order to win those games um, yeah you might play a card like single combat in a voltron deck right it's right. still a board wipe but you know that you're always going to keep your big creature and everyone else has to just keep their best but they're getting rid of it so yeah tragic arrogance i think is really good in that in this yep. situation too yeah yeah even though it can be bad in a voltron deck because if you have multiple equipment or whatever you got to choose one of those so yeah yeah um, i think if you're a control deck um if you need what i call the parachute 
if you're the kind of deck that if things get out of control and you can't board wipe, you're just going to lose, um, or you need to give yourself a little bit of time, whatever it is, then maybe it is your job to board wipe. You know. Well, and I think, you know, one of the reasons we say all decks need some amount of board wipes is because even if you're the token deck, there's just going to be certain games that just go in a certain way. They destroy your commander early or something happens and you are so far behind to everybody else that like the only way you could ever possibly have a chance to come back in the game mm-hmm. is wiping the board. Because if you like, there's no way you can catch up to their board position just because of things that happened earlier in the game, which is why I don't think you want to build a token deck that has no board wipes. But like we said, maybe have in Garrick's wake and certain other ones, but that way, if you draw your tutor or draw that card, you can at least re- hit the reset button and have a chance to get back in certain games. I think it yeah. will, you know, overall up your win percentage to have a couple of cards that maybe are dead sometimes when you are ahead and you don't want to wipe the board, mm-hmm. but are the only things literally that can save you in certain situations. Yeah, and I think also a lot of this is meta-dependent. So look around the table or in general. If everyone's playing control decks, your board wipes look much worse, at least your creature-based ones, because people are being reactive. They're not overcommitting to the board. They're trying to control what's happening. But if everyone at your table is infecting aggro, then a turn four... Wrath of God might be the most powerful thing that happens in any given game if everyone's just trying to attack, attack, attack to win. Well, yeah, and there's another angle that we haven't discussed here that make board wipes good and another reason you might want them even in your token decks or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's that board wipes attack the board in a certain way that single target removal does not. So they don't usually target. And because of the preponderance of hexproof, you know, a lot of decks know, they're very aware that, like, I need my commander to stick around for my deck to function. And they have redundancy for protection. You know, they're going to have heroic intervention in their hand. Mm -hmm. They're going to have even dive down and stuff like that gets played. Lazotep plating, you know, they're going (laughs) to have lightning greaves, swift foot boots in their deck. And so hexproof will get in your way and you're going to need to have something that says you know bounce all the creatures terminus put all the creatures do something that's like yeah i'm getting around your protection because you you're playing original narset or you're playing you know orvar or something where it's like your commander is very very powerful corvald something where it's like i have to get rid of that thing to have a chance in this game Mm -hmm. and one of the few ways around it because you've you've already thwarted my hey target and kill that with with other cards and effects that you've the got the proof and all that yeah so so that's another reason to run a few board wipes is to just get around you know the protection that they have because it's just harder to protect from toxic deluge than it is to protect from like uh, doomblade or whatever you know yeah yeah okay so let's talk about when you want to board wipe in that case that transitions nicely here we're going to evaluate some situations to just keep this discussion going so I think the one that we've mentioned the most is just the save my life uh, if I do not do this now if I do not get rid of the problem I'm going to imminently die the next turn or if that player is allowed to untapped um, and then in those situations you know board wipes are your only they're your parachute they're the only reason you're going to survive is because you can get rid of a lot of things at once or it's that problematic thing that you can't get rid of otherwise um, and I think like in general too you should always ask like if that opponent is on the verge of winning and your only way to get out of it is a board wipe are you only are you the only one at the table that has to do that to survive? Because if their win condition is just affecting you, then your board wipe, you know, it's it feels a little different in that case. Because if the other players aren't incentivized to do something about it either, then it really is on you. It's incumbent on you to do that because you're the one that's the most affected by it. Yeah, I'd say one of the most common things in game nights that we've seen is like near the end of the game where three of the players are like, I have to draw a board wipe or find a board wipe Mm -hmm. to have any chance to come back in this game. And they're like, nope, next person goes, nope, (laughs) next person goes, 
nope, and then the player wins. And every once in a while, and people remember these moments where somebody does draw the board wipe, and they they manage to like reset the board, <clears throat> and uh, you know maybe come back in that game, or at least the game continues along a different path than the one it was going on. It gives another player a chance to be the winner now because yeah. that player is set so far back by the board wipe. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're there, are just situations in games where it's like, yep, they are so far ahead that. If board wipe doesn't happen, they are going to win, you know? Yeah. Um, and then another time I think you want the board wipe is before you get to that point because you need to hinder or you need to slow down an opponent. So you watch it happen. You've seen it with like Josh's engines in game nights where it's like, you know, maybe we should try and board wipe sooner rather than later because if we don't, they're going to grow to the point where they are going to be at the, oh no, someone has to drop board wipe right now. And that's like, right, instead of waiting for one turn cycle where everyone has just a couple of chances to draw something, maybe you should be pulling the trigger a little earlier in that case because you know what's happening and you know that maybe, oh, he played the most, or they played the most important piece of their board wipe, of their uh, board state first. Let's just get rid of that. I don't care if I'm board wiping just to get rid of two creatures. It's totally worth it because if things keep going, if that rune stays on the table, then we're in big trouble next turn. Yeah, and I think this is an underrated usage, but it's so powerful. But it <clears throat> it's one of those things where, Often if you board wipe just on turn three or four and you get rid of their commander and their birds of paradise mm-hmm. and somebody else's commander and, and, you know, another creature and maybe one of your own creatures, it's hard to then later in the game when it ends on turn 10, you know, in your mind, play it back and figure out that, well, the reason that I won is because I really slowed them down oh, early in yeah. that game. So that play doesn't get, you know, maybe the the gravitas in your mind that it deserves when really those are the types of plays that can, that can win you games. You wouldn't have won uh, a yeah. recent episode of extra turns. Jordan manages to black sun Zenith pretty early in a game. And in that game, me and lady danger have very slow games. Now, spoiler alert. I'm about to spoil extra turns the last episode. So if you didn't see it, XT, I believe it's 10 plug your ears, plug for your ears for five just seconds. seconds. I do end up winning that game. But Lady and I are just so thwarted by that that Jordan's able to get out to this huge lead for most mm. of that game and be in a really dominating position. And we get kind of lucky being able to even to, to not lose to him. It's not like I think he was definitely favored in that game and we, we you know, got pretty lucky. Um, yeah. And what and, are the statistics about how many times people will cast their commander in a game? Yeah. It's really like not, not even two times. So. I, I, I think this is a really good point to make, which is casting that board wipe early and just taking somebody's legs out or a couple of players' legs out early can really just make it so that instead of them having their really impactful plays on turn six, they're now having on, on turn eight or nine, which is too late because mm-hmm. now you've you've beat them to the punch. Now your impactful, impactful plays are coming before them. So yeah. I think people probably often don't take this line of attack often enough where it's like, yep, I'm just going to board wipe now. I'm not going to wait until I'm way, way, way behind. Yeah. I'm going to be proactive with it and be like, yep, I'm a little, they're a little ahead of me now. And if I just go, boom, destroy your mana dork and your commander, like think of how long it takes them to now recover from that. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, I think people are really precious about, especially in commander, we always want to get our cake and eat it too. It's like, I want the best case scenario when I play every single one of my cards. Yeah. I don't want to play this board wipe because I have one creature out. Yeah. But they have two. Yeah, and the, your other opponent has two, and maybe your other opponent has none or one. You might, and if your creature that you have out is not that important to you, um, it might really be worth it to play your board wipe early in that game to just mm-hmm. be like, okay, now two of my opponents are just like got knocked way down, and so now it's me and this one other pro player, and I think I'm in a in the lead in that situation, or at least even where I'm behind right now. Yeah, wait, don't wait until you're way behind. 
you know when the yeah, board so many games when i'm like the early mana screwed games where i'm like i finally got my thing going it's like that's great but you're still too far behind at this point to actually catch up you yeah know? it's that too little too late right yeah. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to yeah. be in that situation. So I, I like this point about like maybe you should be playing your board wipe earlier than you think. Yeah, it's not necessarily the worst thing to lose some of your board as well, right? Unless it's, you know, and it's hard to get to that conditional point. I even think playing Cyclonic Rift earlier than you might need to at some points is can be really powerful just to reestablish sort of the power balance at the table. Yeah, and a lot of times earlier in the game, they just don't have as much extra mana available to maybe have a counter spell or some other way to mm. interact with it. Whereas later when they've got 12 mana, they're very consciously holding up a couple to... to to stop things like that, right? Yeah, or they just rebuild so quickly after a second. Oh, that's a really good point. Feel like it didn't do it. It didn't do much, right? Yep. Um, and I also think like you want to board wipe if you're trying to take out an engine. So if you're not getting rid of all the creatures, maybe it is okay for you to cast that bane of progress. Sure, you're going to lose three things along the way, but that's the only way you're going to stop that person because they have an engine that's relying on creatures, enchantments, artifacts auras all that stuff mana yeah and so i think like take again like you said taking the legs out from something is actually really really powerful and i think a lot of times people will value their own board state so much that they don't see sort of like the forest through the trees and realize that like wait they're blue green he's playing uro look at what's happening he's got three different mana producers and three things are going to drum cards every time he casts a spell i just have to get rid of all of it i have to kill that engine otherwise it's going to rebuild or find another synergy piece to keep going yep um and then, like we said earlier, you know, if you can take care of part of it, but not all, like if your board wipe is conditional, it's not going to get rid of everything, but some of it, like maybe then you want a board wipe. And I would also ask at that point, like, what is your opponent's ability to rebuild? Because mm-hmm. typically, if you're the one that's like, I'm playing this board wipe because of you, when they rebuild, you might be the target of their ire. <laughs> so, like, graveyard decks kind of scoff at board wipes. Like, Herador yeah. is just like, sure, whatever. whatever. Yeah, no problem. So, that's something that you all should always keep in mind, right? If the board wipe isn't as advantageous as you want, it's still going to hinder them. It's still going to slow them down, but some decks are just going to plow right through that. Yeah, in those cases, maybe you don't do this sort of early board wipe where you kind of set them back a little bit because you might be helping them actually more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like making a discard deck discard their hand and they just go, great, thanks for putting all my treasures in the graveyard or whatever it is. Um, And then another interesting time that I don't do as much anymore because I find that it's just better to be proactive in general is you're sandbagging. So you're waiting for other players to overcommit. You know that, I think this is best when you're against like a really aggressive table and you have a board wipe in your opening hand. Putting on a couple blockers, you know, and then blocking with them, sacrificing them, knowing that it's okay because you're going to board wipe very soon. That kind of board wipe when everyone just dumps their hands and then you hit them with a board wipe because you've been sandbagging it can be a great way to to punish overcommitting. Yeah, when you start within your opening hand and you kind of play and deploy stuff in a certain way so that when you inevitably board wipe it's not going to hit so maybe you have a choice i could play a creature or an artifact i'm just going to play this artifact it leaves me open i'm going to take a couple points of damage Mm -hmm. but i'm planning to play this board wipe and i'm hoping people will cast enough creatures that that'll happen you got to be real careful with that though because unless you know people's decks really well they might naturally early Uh, in the game not play a lot of creatures and you could be sitting there not using your board wipe or playing in a way that's not um optimal trying to set up like this situation that's not actually going to happen they're not going to overcommit. so make sure you know yeah, you got to know your target. You got to know your mark. You got to know your play group um, a little bit when you do things like that, or at least know their commander. Like you can mm-hmm. look at certain commanders and be like, well, they're going to deploy a lot of stuff. Like if they're playing Sylvala or something, like, okay, they're going to play yeah. a lot of creatures and get a lot of mana out. So board wiping is, that's, it's going to be advantageous to me. I'm going to play artifact, artifact, uh, and wait. 
Yeah, and now we're at the point, too, with uh, heroic interventions running around all the time, counterspells, fierce guardianships. So you can't, it's not like you're always going to guarantee to even get the board wipe off. So just keep that in mind when you're sandbagging. Okay, this next topic is one that you've covered quite a bit, Josh, when you talk about it. And I think it's a really important consideration, which is just like on curve, off curve. What is the CMC of the board wipe? Does it matter? Should you play a board wipe on curve? Do you need to play other stuff when you play the board wipe? How much does instant speed matter? So... What do you think about the CMC of a board web? Do you think it is important for it to be low CMC or do you think you need to be playing it on curve? Or these are the cards that you're waiting later on so you can play other spells on top. I think it needs to be as low CMC as you can manage most of the time. You're obviously going to pay a premium for certain things that you want. So premium for instant speed, often worth it. Uh, I'll explain in a second. And then premium for asymmetrical hits your opponents, not yours, which Mm -hmm. is also often worth it. We talk about CMC for a, a couple of reasons and... The big one is that redeploying is so important after you board wipe, right? So if you have to board wipe at sorcery speed, which means sorcery speed board wipes, it's more important that their CMC is low Mm -hmm. because you're going to spend part of your mana board wiping and then you're going to go, okay, now I'm going to cast stuff after the board wipe. The lower the CMC of the board wipe, the more mana you have left over to redeploy stuff or maybe not redeploy, just regular regular deploy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And instant speed, because of when you can deploy it, means that the CMC is less, matters less. That's why Cyclonic Rift is so good because it doesn't matter how much mana you have. It doesn't matter maybe as much anyway, Mm -hmm. how much mana you have left over because you're going to do it on the end step before your turn. Untap, have all your mana available to deploy your stuff. Um, And Cyclonic is maybe a bad example in that part because it only hits opponents. But let's say, you know, uh, evacuation. Evacuation, Evacuation, yeah. yeah, which is an instant speed bounce everything a very powerful card, probably underplayed in the format because you can be like, end step, do it, play stuff on my turn. I am mm-hmm. the first one to reestablish myself onto the board. Everybody else reestablish, you know, then it goes to Jimmy, reestablish his board. Megan, reestablish her board. Uh, Maria, reestablish her board. Comes to me, I'm acting with my stuff. And so I'm in the advanced position there. So it can really flip the board state. Yeah. So instant speed is almost maybe the most important aspect of a board wipe if you can get it. But that's why most colors they don't offer it right yeah just be everyone would play it and then you just watch this sort of sandbag sit around game see who's going to board wipe first and try and take the initiative yeah um and i think like the, the reason that it's so important is that you're basically if the board wipe is powerful enough you're resetting the turn order yeah and we know how powerful that is because the player number one and right they're just more advantaged in a lot of games especially against player number four yeah that's a really good point so if you use your board wipe in a way where like i was sitting in the third seat and then i use uh, my yeah. board wipe in a certain way that like later in the game i become the first seat you up your chance to win the game by maybe four or five percentage points, which is a ton. Yeah. 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 Being able to, again, take action after your board wipe. So I think in general, like, yeah, definitely you want to play lower cost board wipes when you can, but it still is important to make sure the board wipes fit the deck. Um, And I think like you always have to ask, what's the price that you're going to pay when you play the board wipe? And I'm not talking about mana value. I'm not talking about how much the card costs to buy. I'm talking about like, if I have Nev's Disc and Perilous Vault, they're amazing catch-alls. They get rid of everything. But does the price of playing that card and using which one change the ones you decide to go with? So, like, everyone attacks you when you play a Nev's Disc. Is that worth the price? Do you need the effect so much, right? Or is it going to yeah. reset your own board so hard that you can't recover from it? So I w- that's why I don't find myself playing the big catch-alls as much because they create a lot of political ire around the table. And they also can sometimes gut punch you so hard <laughs> as a result of using it that other players that just have more card draw or more recoverability just end up being ahead afterwards. 
Yeah, Nevis Disc and Perilous Vault are interesting cases where they're just so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, the they, other one? they definitely Stone. telegraph themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. And Nevis Disc comes. I mean, it comes in tapped, and like, there's a whole bunch of problems. Like, All Is Dust, I think, is a card I'll still play, uh, even though it has some problems. Whereas Nev's Disc, I really don't play it unless it's a Planeswalker deck because then it's asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. And so that's another calculation we didn't just talk about. Right. But, well, we did a little within Garrick's Wake and stuff. So you're paying a premium for certain effects. And one of those effects can be like, it doesn't hit certain card type, which my deck has a lot of, right. or it's instant speed or blah, blah, blah. So yeah, those are things to weigh, I think, big time um, when you're choosing the board wipes for your deck. Yeah, and also politically, sometimes the board wipe that you choose isn't going to be one that everyone goes, yeah about you know because you're getting rid of let's say josh's problem like board state but you just completely hosed what megan was trying to do because of the board wipe right <laughs> and they were just building up they were just recovering they finally got out of their mana screw and then your board wipe which was aimed more at someone else ends up hurting your opponents uh and then that creates i think more tension too so i think there's like politically there's always a lot of discussion about board wipes which is like i, th- I find that people talk about board wipes more often than they're ever played because the threat of them happening, the threat of someone casting a Wheel of Fortune or a Windfall and discarding your hand, right? No one likes to lose what they have. It's really in those dire situations where everyone is going to die otherwise that you'll find everyone just, that's when they give the thumbs up. Like, yes, please, Borwai, please do something about it. Yeah, it can be a tough card uh, type to play. I think it, it in general, board wipes also have this uh, reputation, and probably fairly so, that they tend to kind of lengthen games. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing where it's like the first board wipe people are usually okay with, but if you're ever in a game where like somebody's cast the fifth or the sixth board wipe, <laughs> usually people are like, Ugh. like oh, I don't even care if I win, but this is now a slog because it feels like nothing anybody does matters because every time you play stuff, it just mm-hmm. gets wiped away. And so... Yeah, that's I don't I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to build your deck to kind of avoid that type of situation if that's even something you want to avoid or yeah. you know, it depends on your meta and things like that. But that is a thing that can happen for sure. Yeah, I think you just have to be good at threat assessing and talking to the table. And I think like telegraphing when a board wipe's about to happen and the player that you're trying to affect the most can't do anything about it can help your case. Right. Like, you know, maybe if I spent a couple more seconds talking about my Wheel of Fortune in the last game nights right before I actually cast it, maybe people wouldn't have been as upset about it. You know, it's an interesting situation where you're being like, if we don't do this, then this person's going to run away with it or whatever. That can sort of help ease that edge a little bit. Um, Okay, so what kinds of board wipes should you run then? I think that's sort of where this debate settles down to is how do you position the board wipes in your deck to be the right ones so that, you know, you're not just slamming Wrath of God in every white deck, uh, or maybe your deck necessitates its own special flavor of board wipe. So I think like if your board wipe is a win condition, then that's great. You know, hour of reckoning in a token deck. Mm. That's a board wipe that gets rid of your opponent's creatures. You need to be able to swing in with your tokens to win. That seems like a board wipe that's an easy, yes, please, let's throw it in there. Um, do you need your commander to survive? In which case you're playing board wipes like time wipe or tragic arrogance, um, and does your play group necessitate that you always have to board wipe and then, then identify what the problems are? Are they the creatures? Is it because they're always building, you know, Johnny artifact enchantment combo decks? Yep. Maybe it's planeswalkers you have to get rid of. That's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, are there too many graveyard players? You need exile specific effects. I think all of these questions, you know, it's half what am I playing and half what am I going to go against? At the end of the day, in a vacuum, I think you always just build to what makes your deck function the best because you can't predict what necessarily is going to happen on the other side of the table. But you know what cards are in your 99. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's the way we build synergy into our decks anyway, which is like you might have a deck that's going to like play things out of people's graveyards, but you m- most of the time want to seed your deck with a bunch of good stuff that's going to be in your graveyard yeah. and and rely on like, hey, yeah, maybe sometimes I use my opponent's stuff in their graveyard, but I don't know what they're doing most games. So I can reliably say what I'm going to do and then build my strategy about my own graveyard mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think choosing board wipes, it was interesting when we were going through this outline, I made a few notes here. I hadn't really thought about it in this terms, but a lot of how I choose board wipes for my deck is actually about what my deck's not doing. Hmm. So let's say my deck, I just happen to notice, well, I'm not using my graveyard much. Right. Well, then I should use board wipes that specifically attack graveyard strategy. So Terminus is a really good one hmm. um, and things of that nature, exile effects. Because I don't, if I exile my own stuff or tuck my own stuff on the bottom of my library, that hurts me a lot less than your average deck, which is maybe playing around with its graveyard a lot. Oh, Where, interesting. As yeah, if yeah. I'm playing a deck that's that's using its graveyard, you know, Carador or something like that, well, I don't want Terminus or <laughs> exile effects, right? Because that's going to hurt my own strategy. Um, also, I like to think about like what kind of card types do I have a lot of or not? So you might play like a red-green lands deck. Well, if you're playing a red-green lands deck, what do you have less of than most other players probably? Mana rocks. Yeah. So you can play Shatterstorm. You can play Destroy All Artifacts, Bane of Progress, and things like that. And if you ever look at your deck list on Tapped Out or one of these other deck building websites, and you just notice, like, in the artifact category, I only have five cards. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, then you should definitely be running some things that say Destroy All Artifacts. Because in your average game, you are going to hose your opponents and maybe lose one thing. And if you're like, oh, but I have Panarmonicon in my deck. Well, who cares? You might not even have cast that card. And if you have that card and a board wipe in your hand that destroys all artifacts, it's really easy to just deploy the destroy all artifacts first and then cast the Panharmonicon. So you're really worried only about this weird scenario where you've drawn Panharmonicon, mm-hmm. cast it already, and then you draw the artifact board wipe later. And let me and tell you, you need to cast it because of the board state. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and let me tell you, like you probably don't have to cast the ar- the the if you're doing well and you got Panharmonicon out and you're a blink deck, well, you're probably winning that game right now because no one's destroyed your Panharmonicon, right? Like, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. that sticks around, then you don't need to cast the Destroy All Artifacts card. You're winning that game. Yeah, definitely don't spend too much time thinking about the worst case scenario or when it's not going to be ideal. Like, I think, like, thinking about, like, oh, it's going to feel bad, though, if this and this and this happens. And think about statistically, that's not going to be the case most of the time, right? That's why it's this balance between figuring out what you're going to face and what you're going to have on your own board state. Because certain things you can control, certain things you can't but you definitely can put the right cards into your deck to make it work best for you yeah we're all we're all probably playing a few too few a few too few not (laughs) enough board wipes in our decks that don't have a high creature count Mm, interesting because most decks do have a high creature count and like if i ever look at a deck and i've got you know less than 15 creatures i probably should be running you know three or four just destroy all creature board wipes, not even the other kind, maybe five, just because that's rarely going to hurt me that much. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, my commander, you know, which, and commanders, your decks are built around commanders, and it's really important to have your commander out, but just put in a redundant piece, a couple redundant pieces to save them from whatever board wipes you put in there. Mm-hmm. If it's like destruction-based board wipes, we'll put in a couple pieces to give it indestructible, and now you're just going to be in those situations, like we said, where it's just like, it's turn four. Oh, yeah. It's turn four, and you're just like, 
I'm going to board wipe right now because I'm going to get rid of seven of my opponent's creatures and maybe zero or one of mine, and that will set me up so well in this game because what I did the first couple of turns was play Mana Rocks and improve my mana, and they put out a couple of creatures, and it's really going to cost them. That's really interesting because you, in right, like let's say you have a few creatures, but you want to save your commander, so you put indestructible effects in there. You're creating like a cross synergy between two categories that we don't really talk about, which is your board wipe gets better because of the things that you're doing to play with the board wipe. Yep. You know, creatures allowed, creatures based deck. I think that's like, if you're like building the web of the synergies of your deck, that's like a layered beneath the obvious ones, the obvious, you know, enablers and enhancers that we talked about. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So I would really look at my decks and think about what I'm not doing, what I don't have a lot of. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have a lot of it and I'm not doing it, well, I can afford to destroy all of that thing. Yeah. And there are sometimes that board wipes are just better than the other stats categories. Like I asked, when are board wipes better than spot removal? And then I was like, wait, when are board wipes better than all of the stat categories? Right. And if it's saving your life and making sure you don't lose the game, then that board wipe is now the best card in your deck at that very moment. But there are a lot of times when it's like, well, you know, let's say again, like you said, you're not a creature based deck, but your opponents are spot removal to get rid of creatures does nothing for you compared to a board wipe that gets rid of all the creatures. Right. So there are a lot of times when, you know, and again, this is always deck dependent, but we usually just say, you know, three to four board wipes of deck. But if your deck has the ability to really take advantage of the effect and you know what you're doing with it, right, what your deck's not trying to do, like Josh just said, then board wipes can often be better than most of the other categories because of just how much advantage it can create for you. Yeah, I mean, that's it's one of the few card types that on a single card just can 10 for one you, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it Really, there's not very many cards that really do that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so powerful when it is powerful. I, I want to be careful. I don't want to ag- uh, I don't want to um, be encouraging people to run like 20 board wipes. <laughs> um, I still think we want that number to be where, around where we've said it has been, you know, three mm-hmm. to four, maybe five in some cases, maybe two in some cases. But choosing the correct ones will really make it synergize with your deck and, you know, yeah. still get you out of the binds that you need to get out of sometimes. Yeah, it's really easy to say put Soaring in every deck, but it's you don't do that with board wipes mm-hmm. because there is enough flexibility in this card category that you can find ones that enable your strategy, enhance it, and have synergies across the rest of your game as well. Um, and so, you know, it, make sure you watch our Commander deck building template. We just the new an updated version of it yeah it's uh it's got a lot of great tips in there and we recommend three to four board wipes in the 99 for most decks there's definitely going to be outliers yeah and you know before i think that number for me was closer to five six uh just because that was you know i I just it's unfortunate but the power level of the game has made the number of board wipes i want trend downwards because we want more choices at single target removal or targeted interaction to get rid of like that really powerful artifact or enchantment or whatever it is the margins are much slimmer than they used to be you just have a hard time like having x five extra mana yeah so you have to like okay well what can i do if i can only save one extra mana because if i don't keep up with everybody i'm going to lose that way Mm -hmm. but if i don't Mm -hmm. have the ability to interact in some way i'm going to lose that way but i can't do you know you used to be able to be like well whatever i'm gonna play a you know a six drop board wipe and i'm not gonna be dead on the you know next turn or 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 i'm not gonna be dead by turn five when you know and we're not even playing in cdh metas it's just the format has evolved. It's sped up. And I think that's fine. That's healthy. We just need to react to it. It's not... And again, people get mad when we say stuff like this, like we're making the format faster. No, the format's getting faster because they're designing new cards for it every single year. And that's just a natural evolution when you're doing that. All we can do as players is react to the situation that's being presented to us. Yeah. We're just trying to tell you how to play the game so you have more fun. Because it's true. Single targets have grown in power. Um, The game is faster. Board wipes just end up feeling slower as a result. And I think like board wipes seem to, for the most part, have finished their evolution. I don't know if there's a huge white space for where board wipes can go, except for maybe red and green. I could see them getting a little bit more tools to play with. 
But the rest of the colors and everything else around the game, the new things were being introduced, the sagas and all those things, those keep growing. But yeah. board wipes as themselves are kind of like, you know, it's like a Volkswagen with that classic design. You know how it works and you know how it works for all the different car makers and their classic design. But it, it hasn't seen that like, oh, we're reinventing board wipes now in Magic. Yeah, if you compare creatures now in Magic to like creatures 15 years ago, the right. creatures now are just so like in like t- 10x better than they used. It's insane, like what the difference between creatures. But board wipes haven't changed that much. And honestly, I don't think we want them to. No, um, I, I think either. yeah, I think they're pretty nice. We don't want games where they play 50 of them. But I think it's important that people still run some in your deck. I think there's been a move towards like running like no board wipes, and I don't think that's correct. Yeah, it's again, there's just tons of nuance, and make sure you really know what your deck's trying to do, right? The more knowledge you have about your deck and the more about its purpose and slog line, the more informed you are when it comes to making the choices for those trickier slots, like which board wipes are perfect for me or which ones will match my meta the best and all that. So, you know, obviously, if you have an indestructible commander like Zergo Helm Smasher, you probably are running a little more board wipes, or if you're a Super Friends deck, or just if your playgroup environment needs it. So, make sure you just take all these things into account. Um, but at the end of the day, I, th- I still think my advice of just like focus on what your deck is doing first before you change it to the meta because there are consistencies that you can guarantee which is what's in your deck and in your hand and all that and you can't guarantee what's happening at the rest of the table or remember focus also on what your deck's not doing yes correct (laughs) all right to the listeners What do you think about our overall guide to board wipes? Should we cover other categories or stats? Uh, Should we do a single target removal episode? That's something we've never done. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, So let us know if you agree or disagree with our assessments. Please post in the comments, tweet at us, email us, ask us on Discord. We love all the discourse. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to have something that was wrong with our analysis. Maybe the conditional, (laughs) unconditional. Maybe there's a better way of doing it. Who knows? Let us know. Uh, And of course... If you need to get a heroic intervention, you need to protect yourself. If you need to get a quick shipment for your Orvar deck. The and- whole deck is almost right here. <laughs> just awesome. shuffle up and go. Oh, it's I'm very style, excited. Right? No sleeves, just kidding. Right. Oh, by the way, there's like five Anthem Mutineers in here. Oh, nice. I got to pick up some of those. That's yeah, I only need one for the Orvar deck, but I was right. like, I'm going to need more of those. I'm putting that in every blue deck. Yeah, that's how I feel about cards like that too. So head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. They'll get your stuff super quickly. It'll be shipped in the exact quality that they promised. It got great customer service. And it's just a great way to also support us as a show because your support means the world to us. It's how we keep the lights on around here and of course you know as josh always says you're gonna buy those magic cards anyway so why not go to cardkeem.com slash commands and to do it yeah you just get to support game nights extra turns this podcast as gravy thrown in and then when you get your cards make sure you do what jimmy and i do you put them into ultra pro pro glossy clip sleeves you put them into an you know the whole deck into a nice satin tower or maybe the mythic collection mm. you want to keep all these game pieces safe uh, so they retain their value so you can turn them into other new cards that come out later when you trade them or whatever uh, you also want to play onto a nice sweet play mat uh, I noticed Jimmy that we are the Jesper icing uh, we are actually yeah, yeah you got yeah. better blossom and I have our epic play play mat yeah no, nobody quite has the printing capabilities that ultra pro has their stuff no. just looks so so good so again ultra pro products to protect all of your game pieces they're the ones that jimmy and i trust with our own collection yeah i'm getting a little nervous with you just touching those cards josh i want you to put them in the sleeves immediately (laughs) (laughs) i have the sleeves mono blue sleeves they're picked out they're in my office so don't worry yeah okay sweat gone you'll be seeing it very soon yeah and it'll be the last thing you ever see Ooh. wait that's kind of dark yeah, well, the Orvar deck's pretty good. Yeah, they're seeing a lot, though. They're all seeing at the end of the day. Okay, moving on to the answer where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I thought now is the perfect time to finally talk about it because it's over. It ended its eight-episode run. It's WandaVision on Disney+. Have you seen it all, Josh? 
Oh uh, yeah, I've seen all of it. I have too. We talked about it a little a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, we teased it a little yeah. bit. Um, you, you actually want to talk about like the ending and stuff because we should. No, warn no. Let's oh, okay. let's just talk about the show as a whole. Um, I think you know Marvel has had quite the quite the decade. They're phase one, phase two, phase three, and now they're in the what I call the Disney Plus uh, f- like short TV series phase. Sure. You know? Before it was Netflix with Jessica Jones and all that and Luke Cage, and now they're on Disney Plus, and it's really cool because I think. It gives them a chance to flesh out characters in a way that isn't just... I watched Age of Ultron again the other night. Yeah. And halfway through, I was like, this movie ends the same way that so many superhero and Marvel movies do, which is like global world-ending threat. If we can't get rid of it, then everything's gone. Yeah. I, it's I just kind of boring after a while. Yeah, movies have a tough time, especially like superhero movies, because every single time they have to have like higher stakes than the last time. But yeah. it's like, well, the last time the entire world was going to be destroyed. Okay, well, this time it's the whole universe is going to be destroyed. Okay, <laughs> well, the last time the whole universe was going to be destroyed. Okay, well, what, you know, and, and how do you keep pushing that boulder up the hill, right? So TV shows really, and series, long form series really give them a chance to, you know, keep the stakes a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, but still have, you know, the the same amount of character development or more character development really you can really yeah. concentrate on that so i like that part of it i'm, I'm looking forward to um it's, oh, uh, it's winter uh, soldier right yeah i think like i'm excited that marvel's sort of going down this path and and one thing that marvel can bring that a lot of places can is just like a ton of production quality yeah which is nice yeah and they got a great you know writing staff as well as you know, jack schaefer was the showrunner and i got to talk to her and like oh really she was so proud of the work that she did they were able to build out a great writing room and like you know wandavision in a lot of ways is like a study of grief and so many other like things that you know like the Avengers, you know, they'll go from one movie to the next and maybe they'll have two minutes to feel bad about something. Yeah. They'll have a couple of c- scenes, maybe a small moment where they're like, oh, we lost so many people. But, you know, a show like WandaVision gets to dive a lot deeper into the lore of the character and, you know, plus great acting, pretty good effects, good story. Even if you're not a fan of Marvel and all that stuff, I just think I like the direction that we're going with being able to expand the media. So not every single thing needs to be a $200 million big budget flashy thing. Yeah, I also like the fact that, like, they can tell a self-contained story and it's Marvel and their universe is, like, big and secure and they don't have to tell a story that... Because most TV shows, your main goal, honestly, on most TV shows is to get booked for the second season of that show. Yeah, that's a good point. And Marvel doesn't have to do that. So WandaVision can just be a thing. It's self-contained. We're done with that. Doesn't mean we can't tell the story of Wanda and what's going on with Vision anymore, but we don't have to do WandaVision again. Yeah. And so that takes a lot of pressure off the storytelling in a really good way. So I really like that evolution of just, it's not just Marvel doing it, right? I think TV in general mm-hmm. and streaming stuff is allowing that kind of evolution of storytelling. Yeah, we've seen I, it with like The Witcher and stuff on Netflix. Yeah, so I really like that as 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 a thing that they can do. So they can just continue, we can t- continue to enjoy their world and their universe, uh, but nothing feels hopefully like super repetitive about it. Yeah, and I think also uh, on an aside, the fan entitlement and the, the fan demands hopefully will get a little less because they don't need to wait four years between installments. Right, you know, right. we, we saw how much pressure was put onto Star Wars two years apart and it's just like let's just make it a little more accessible let's take the sheen off the edge a little bit and just dive into the fun part of storytelling and all that stuff self-contained yeah well I think as usual most of um, the other big production entities in town are looking at Marvel and being like hey let's do what they're doing yeah that's what everybody's been doing for about 10 years and nothing's changing at the moment (laughs) yeah that's a good point (laughs) all right all All right right. Uh, big thanks to our editing graphics and logistics team which is Manson Lung 
Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Asaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, and Sam Waldo. Ooh, big list growing all the time. Yep. And because of your support, we're able to make more and more content for you all. And of course, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who's also helping out a lot more behind the scenes as well. But he does as well the living card animations, that awesome soul ring that starts our show. Did he do this one behind yeah, you? Yeah, he did. So you can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG. He's been a friend of the show for so long. I'm always happy to shout him out because he does good work. He's a good guy. All right, man. Let's end the show because I got to go put this deck together. It looks oh, so fun. I'm very excited. Thank God it's that fine, card fell onto an Ultra Pro playmat because it would have been dinged if it fell onto the table, Josh. Just saying. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We will see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>